I am awake now. My eyelids flutter as if fighting gravity. Squeezing them shut, I try again, blinking into the darkness. Turning my head, I can make out orange dials on a machine near the bed and a green blip of light sliding across a liquid crystal display window, like one of those stereo systems with bouncing waves of coloured light. Where am I? Beside my head is a chrome stand that catches stars on its curves. Suspended from a hook is a plastic satchel, bulging with a clear fluid. The liquid trails down a pliable plastic tube and disappears under a wide strip of surgical tape, wrapped around my left forearm. I'm in a hospital room. There is a pad on the bedside table. Reaching towards it, I suddenly notice my left hand. Not so much my hand as a finger. It's missing. Instead of a digit and a wedding ring, I have a lump of gauze dressing. I stare at it idiotically, as though this is some sort of magic trick. When the twins were youngsters, we had a game where I pulled off my thumb, and if they sneezed, it would come back again. Michael used to laugh so hard he almost wet his pants. Fumbling for the pad, I read the letterhead. St Mary's Hospital, Paddington, London. There is nothing in the drawer except a Bible and a copy of the Koran. I spy a clipboard hanging at the end of the bed. Reaching down, I feel a sudden pain that explodes from my right leg and shoots out of the top of my head. Christ, do not under any circumstances do that again. Curled up in a ball, I wait for the pain to go away. Closing my eyes, I take a deep breath. If I concentrate very hard on a particular point, just under my jawbone, I actually feel the blood sliding back and forth beneath my skin, squeezing into smaller and smaller channels, circulating oxygen. My estranged wife, Miranda, was such a lousy sleeper, she said my heart kept her awake because it beat too loudly. I didn't snore or wake with the night terrors, but my heart pumped up a riot. This has been listed among Miranda's grounds for divorce. I'm exaggerating, of course. She doesn't need extra justification. I open my eyes again. The world is still here. Taking a deep breath, I grip the bedclothes and raise them a few inches. I still have two legs. I count them. One. Two. The right leg is bandaged in layers of gauze taped down at the edges. Something has been written in a felt-tip pen down the side of my thigh, but I can't read what it says. Further down, I can see my toes. They wave hello to me. Hello, toes, I whisper. Tentatively, I reach down and cup my genitals, rolling my testicles between my fingers. A nurse slips silently through the curtains. Her voice startles me. Is this a very private moment? I was... I was just checking. Well, I think you should consider buying that thing dinner first. Her accent is Irish, and her eyes are as green as mown grass. She presses the call button above my head. Thank goodness you're finally awake. We were very worried about you. She taps the bag of fluid and checks the flow control. Then she straightens my pillows. What happened? How did I get here? 
You were shot. Who shot me? She laughs. Oh, don't ask me. Nobody ever tells me things like that. But I can't remember anything. My leg, my finger. The doctor should be here soon. She doesn't seem to be listening. I reach out and grab her arm. She tries to pull away, suddenly frightened of me. You don't understand. I can't remember. I don't know how I got here. She glances at the emergency button. They found you floating in the river. That's what I heard them say. The police have been waiting for you to wake up. How long have I been here? Eight days. You're in a coma. I thought you might be coming out yesterday. You were talking to yourself. What did I say?